0: Blog Talk Radio. All right, everybody. This is Reggie, and you are listening to the Haitian Free Thinkers Radio Show. Tonight, I have a special guest with me. We're going to be doing like an interview. We're going to be doing like a little hangout. While I do a a Facebook Live in the Haitian Free Thinkers Facebook group, if you guys are not aware, Haitian Free Thinkers is one of the world's few groups for who are secular, which means that if you are an atheist like myself, if you are not agnostic, free thinker, apostropharian, if you don't, if you're not religious, then you need to be with us because we're doing great work. We've been doing this since um, 2012. So... Welcome, and we we, we have uh Shelman um on the line, but I want to catch you guys up on what's been going on with me and Haitian Creole, etc. So uh our last show was an interview of a pastor, Pastor Mer- um, Mercy, and that went pretty well. We did it in Creole. Um, tonight's show, we're gonna try to incorporate some Creole, but not necessarily uh whatever. We we're just gonna go with the flow. But since the last show um. You know, we had the the shooting in New Zealand, which was horrible. So uh as some Muslim people. Uh that was also Atheist Day, which took place a couple of days ago. Um, I participated in Austin, Texas in that capacity. I was actually invited to be a speaker. So that was in um March, March twenty three. March 23, 2019. That was the first Atheist Day of uh, international thing that the folks at Atheist Republic um, set up. Uh, if you guys don't know Atheist Republic, then you can just Google that. They used to create like a group for international Atheists, especially the focus mostly on the, the Muslim crowd because uh, Armin Navar is the founder I believe along with Ali Ujbi. They also have their own podcast called The Snekular Jihadists which is a great, great podcast. I learned so much from those guys, so check those guys out. Uh, what else? Um, I've been in the Haitian Islamic group, uh, doing lives over there. I found myself eventually in this group recently, um, talking about Islam. And uh, yeah, so family's good. I hope your family's doing well. Uh, we are already. In April, it was April 4, 2019, and uh, without any further ado, I'm going to let Sheldon introduce himself. What's up, Sheldon?
1: Hey, everybody. How's it going? What's going
0: on? Uh, Sheldon here.
1: Let me start this. Uh... Go ahead. No, I was I was unsure whether um, you know you want me to um, give a a proper introduction, like name, but I'll just I'll just go. Um, Anyways, you and I have known each other since uh, what middle school? Um, Mm -hmm. We go way back, Um, and here we are again, uh, years later, find out that our paths have led us to this. This moment in life where we no longer uh, believe the things that we believe, and we were able to shed some of those—I uh, would say—things that were instilled in us, you know, things that uh, were forced. You know, where you have to pretty much go to church and, and, and take things in without um, having a, a way of um, verifying what you were what you were being fed. But, anyways, um, we've been. I'm friends for a long time. My name is Shelman, Shelman Paulin. Um, and I'm, I'm glad to be part of the Haitian Free Thinkers. Um,
0: interesting thing
1: is on this show now, you know, going live, this is the first time that uh, I guess I will actually say to a large audience that I am atheist. I have been atheist for a long time. But I am the type of person who. Until recently, I've been, you know, non-confrontational. Usually, if somebody will say something, I usually just let it slide. I'll never say anything. But I've gotten to the point where now I, I, have, I have come to realize how short life is. Um, and so whenever somebody brings up an idea or they start talking about something that I have a little knowledge about, and especially if I know that what they're saying is um, half-truth or just simply untrue, I will correct them. I will correct them. And, and if it's straight up bullshit, I will call bullshit. I don't know if I could cut it on that. Yeah, I, I will call that out.
0: Oh no, you can call you can call you can uh to
1: Okay. I will I call mean, it for what it is. Right, right, right. Um
0: that I don't think that qualifies as being confrontational. Uh because you know, am I dealing with the everyday, you know, People, I think it's very unfair that believers, especially Christians, because we live in a Christian um, country, I, I guess, because of you know the number of Christians, they get to talk about Jesus and God and whatever without any kind of second thought that you know other people might not share their perspective. So, if you were to say something that's, um, I guess, secular related. Not that you just stand up and say that this is bullshit, but, you know, anything that's different than what they're used to, I don't think that should be considered constitutional.
1: I'm usually diplomatic about it, how I, how I approach it, but I'll, I'll call them out. And a lot of people, people tend to be surprised because a lot of times believers don't question their beliefs because they usually surround themselves with people who echo the same thoughts. You know, they speak in a certain language. It's like the language it's, it's God-heavy, you know. I'll see you tomorrow, God willing, or oh, God willing this. And, like, and it's, it's, it's full of su- uh, superstition as well. And they're so used to hearing, you know, all of those little God words and um, words that pretty much, words and phrases that reinforce their beliefs that when you don't say it, you seem weird, like you stand out. You ever been in a, in a room full of Christians and one person sneezes? And thousand bless you. that will go out, and you're the one that don't say it. And they look at you like, "Hey man, you know you're not gonna you're not gonna say bless you." <laughs> to give you that look, you know. And I'm at the point now, people, people, you know, they sneeze. I don't say I don't say anything. I'm like, if I don't say anything when you fart,
0: why am I gonna say something when you sneeze?
1: You know, let your body do what it does.
0: <laughs> you know something? We need to come up with something when, when people fart. I never yeah. thought about it that way. Yeah. Um, so so I, I, I've I, never, I don't think I've ever actually heard how or when you understood that you were an atheist. When, you, when, when did you learn about the name? Because to me, I mean, that was late in my, fairly late in my life.
1: Well, I'll say about my deconversion. I was thought I was somebody who wanted to know truth and who were interested uh, excuse me who was interested in finding out um the meaning in life you know searching for uh, the face of God that kind of stuff you know so I started reading books um and asking questions I was always inquisitive but I grew up in a society where you don't ask questions um majority of the, um, I guess, Haitian listeners would know that when you're running in a family and they tell you something, that's it. You don't ask any questions and you don't, you definitely, on uh, a counterpoint, you keep it to yourself. What they tell you is true. But I had questions when I was going to, through um, Catholic school. I grew up you know, Catholic. Pretty much the majority of my family up until now are are Catholic. And Certain things didn't sit well with me. So I remember asking friends some questions, asking, you know, older cousins, asking them questions. And the questions that I would ask, I would never get the sufficient answers. Every time they would give me an answer, it just seemed like it was made up. Like everything just seemed like it was made up. I remember after my first, the day of my first communion, I don't know how old I was, could have been maybe nine or ten. Um, I ate the wafer, um, and all I could do was go home and, and eat. That's all I wanted to do, you know. But a friend of mine had his, uh, they, had a, they had a little party after they had your um, communion. I went to his party first before going home. I had to walk home. And when I got home late, they asked me where I was. I straight up lied. I knew, I knew it was a lie. And here I was, I just sent the body of Christ. But to me, it was like, it it, it, did, it didn't mean anything. So I lied. I was like, I was at so-and-so's house. They found out that I lied. You know, I got the whip. Um, did, did, you just, do the, just, did
0: you do your communion in, in Haiti or did you do it in the United States?
1: I don't know. I did it in Haiti. I did it in Haiti, which was why you know nobody. They dropped me off in the church. They attended. They attended the service. After everything was done, we took some pictures. They went home. I stood. I stood, I stayed back with the group because I went to an all all uh, male school, all boys. We stayed back, and I had to walk home. Like it's it's normal for a five year old kid in Haiti to be walking two miles home, or you know they send you to a the store. They, you're walking, so I had to walk home but I got home late. I was supposed to make it home at a certain time, and I didn't make it. But, yeah, I did I did that in Haiti. Anyway, oh,
0: fast quick, forward. Real quick. Um. Um. going to to I'm
1: not going to talk to Okay. I um, I'm going to talk Jeremy. I'm going to to I'm going to Jeremy un set j'en the
0: Euh,
1: then let them they gained about 2 ans, 2 ans, 2 ans et demi. They um they um on on let's call Omata from gang qui i Haïti, Kaku. Okay, back okay, back to the back to the English, okay. Okay. So um when I started I guess making my way out of uh Christianity, the whole religious realm was somewhere along high school. I started reading more books, but the books that I was reading were not necessarily the best books. I was looking for truth. But if you don't know um, the process by which people, or by, the process by which truth is derived, you can find yourself reading all kinds of you know, pseudoscience, um, people's thoughts that are passed as facts. So I was reading those kind of books, conspiracy theories and things like that. I found myself deep in the rabbit hole, and um, I was consuming those books. There was, well, there was one, a time when...
0: One second. I want to give a shout-out because I have people watching on, in the group. Um, Burkino, uh, I want to give big, big ups to you. Um, Abda, long-time friend of the group member, you know, one in the originals. Um, she's asking some questions. She's watching. Jesse, I to you. Thank you for watching. So Abda asked while you mentioned the book. I just wanted to see she asked you a question because she's listening to you. She said, "What is the most insightful book you read on the topic?" So, uh, uh, you know, around high school you're reading stuff, and you you know, if if there's a book that made an impact, I guess that would be the time to kind of insert that. Um,
1: I guess it's the most impactful book I would say I've read is Fifty Reasons People Give for Believing in a God. That by guy P. Harrison.
0: Yes, he's he's a great writer. By the way, he sent me a signed copy of uh, his latest book. Great guy, man. Great, great guy. But anyway, so when did you read that I book? I would say
1: I would say everybody should read that book. Um, if if you have if you have a chance to, um, I like the title. <laughs> I mean, I didn't know much about it. I, read, I, I was at the point where if you gave me any kind of book and I had the chance to read it, I would, I would try to find the time to read it. Mm-hmm. Um, but before, before I read that book, I was reading books like um, "Behold a Pale Horse," um, books by uh, books about the Illuminati, like just nonsensical things, uh, reptiles, aliens. I was again when I said I was deep into the rabbit hole. I was, I was listening to. Um coast to coast with art Bell. that's where I was. I was at the point where I was like, okay, there''s, there's a, I know that there's a the, the earth is is huge, right? The universe is incomprehensible as far as what what, what we could when you hear about billions on um, billions billions of stars like numbers that we can't even come up with. and then you think about millions of like the gal- number of galaxies that are out there, I was like, there has to be something else out there. But I was looking at it from a, a believer standpoint. How could something so bad um, created by this this God, not have others who are part of his creation? And I was thinking, well, maybe, you know, there are people on other planets and he just doesn't want us to know them yet. So I, I believe that, you know, there were aliens. When people said that there were aliens visiting us, I was like, oh, maybe those are angels. So I was, yeah, I was reading all those things. And there are some authors that believe those things. So... I followed that as true then um, somewhere along the line, I read some other books, some science some scientific books, and started to question the religion uh, my religious beliefs more, especially since I wasn't getting the answers that i was I wanted from those that were in a position of of knowing position of authority. I felt that I was at the point where I was learning more, so I started to take the information I was getting from these books who were pretty much nonsensical and incorporating it into my belief. So I started to believe that all religions, all world religions were um, not necessarily wrong, but they were misinterpreted because as human beings, we are fallible. And so right. we would, we took the word of God and we twisted it. So, and I think a lot of people who are believers would say, you know, as long as you believe in a God, you know we're okay because it's we're we're it's the same God, and that's how I looked at it. I just thought we're we're praying to the same God. We just don't know it. Then, when I realized that they can't just be one God because religion, especially the mono, monotheistic religion, are not compatible with each other, so I was like, it can't be that one. It can't be one God. Maybe there is just you know energy, maybe God is something different. And that's when I started moving towards the, you know, uh, think and, and and manifest your thoughts. That uh kinda like the there was a lady that Oprah had on, on her show who thought about um I can't think about it right now. That that power the of the mind. So what was that? The secret, the book The Secret? Yeah, The Secret, The Secret. Right now I can't even think of what that nonsense was, but I truly believed in that. I was like, yeah, I am a creator, I'm going to think, and, and the universe will listen to me. And now that I think about those things, I'm like, yeah, the universe has a mind. It's, it's, gonna, it's listening to little old me, you know? So I went down that path, and when I realized that I was being positive, but I was still yielding negative results, I was like, there's, there's just no way, you know? Again, through more reading, it, it's, it's through education, but you have to have the right Kind of education,' because you're not gonna learn these things in school, um but what you will learn is, is if you uh, seek it is to find a way to get um, educated on logical thinking, and that's the thing logical reasoning right once I was able to get a little dose of that, that's when I was able to shed i guess my belief my of uh, you know in a deity. Okay. Man, life has been great since
0: then, man. Uh, I want to remind everybody that, that they're listening to the Asian Free Thinkers Radio. So my name is Reggie. On tonight is Shelman, and we are just talking this, you know, random stuff about his history, how he became an atheist. Um, and you know, we're we're big on critical thinking, but I got caught up in the secret. I read, I, I. Um, I don't know if it's our, our friend Bukransky who put me on to Behold the Pale Horse, but I think I got a copy. I started reading the that book be... by David Icke. I got David Icke. And, um, was reading for David Icke. So, so I, I want to tell, like, if I were to get a chance to tell believers that we are human too, we can still be fooled. we still make mistakes, it's, yeah, I want to convey that to them because it's kind of like when we learn about critical thinking, like, for me, I feel like I can apply that better to religion than maybe some other parts of my life, you know? And I understand the um, emotional um, feeling or the pull of, of being kind of told that what you're thinking or how you're thinking may not necessarily be correct and how that feels, you know? But I think that if a person is willing to understand that they, there's a different perspective or maybe there's something better or they could be wrong, and I think that goes a long way. I think that a lot of people are, are afraid to be wrong, um, religiously speaking. Um, so when you say critical thinking, I had to actually take a class in philosophy, and I took debates in school. But how did you get introduced to what you would consider critical thinking as in putting, you know, like structure to that aspect, to that thing?
1: I took one of those electives um, in college. I also took a, a world religion, um, I- either new age religion or world religion I think it was a world religion courses I took that I took two philosophy classes and so they they placed the, the little nugget there i didn't i didn't i didn't follow it but it was there and I had to revert back to some of what i learned as as the years went by um, and some of those information I started to recall some of the information and then I, I read other books on my own. As you were saying, you know we do make mistakes, and some the hardest thing for us to do is to look inward. You know, to look at our own lives, especially at things that we we hold dear and beliefs that we have, and check those things. Our beliefs, our beliefs start to shape our lives, and they start to shape the decisions that we make. And the ones that we hold closest to us are the ones that we are most reluctant to to examine and um right now it's, it's one thing I'm glad that my wife is also um an atheist, and we pretty much uh i guess arrived at the at, arrived at the end point you know atheism together because we were both into the wolf you know we were both into you know that thinking thinking grow rich uh make your you know like make the world give you what you want just think it we we went down that path together. And sometimes I would find myself um, trying to rationalize something a certain way, and then she would say, hey, you need to look at it from this angle. So you need to have people around you that can, that can check you when, when you're not actually applying the critical thinking skills that you have to you know, certain decisions that you're going to make, certain, certain ideas. Because sometimes people present you with information, and usually if you don't know anything about the information that's being presented to you, You can only um, accept it. You have have to accept what they're telling you at face value unless you know something about it, and then you do your research later. So when you're around someone who's telling you something and you are pretty much ignorant on what they're uh, speaking of and someone else is there in your corner and they know and they can call them out, then that saves you a step. You know, That saves you some time, Um, and I'm I'm glad that we're able to do that.
0: Yeah, and um, we're we're like twenty three minutes deep into the program. I'm, time is flying by. I'm I'm enjoying the conversation. I hope you guys are um, enjoying this as well. So my contribution to the secular world and and of course Haiti and all my Haitian people is that you know I want to preserve these great conversations so they could go out into the internet and somebody can find this and 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 hear that there are other Haitian brothers and sisters. Uh, who are children, money. and um, we're we're going to try to find as many of them as possible. But today I text you about this guy named Max Beauvoir and um, I want to touch upon that while we have a few minutes left in the program. So for those who don't know, Max Beauvoir was the head leader of the Haitian uh, Vodou Society, if you will, in Haiti. He passed away, I think, about uh, two years ago now. But this guy was a botanist, I believe. He was a classically trained um I guess somewhat scientist. He got his education in France from the Sorbonne, I believe, which is a like a like an Ivy League type school in France. Anyway, so he came back to Haiti, and I don't know if he went back to his roots, if you will, but he ends up being the head uh, person of the of the, the Vodou organization in Haiti. And I'm not sure who's in charge now. But what the reason why I mentioned him was because. If he's educated in the sciences um I believe like I said, he's a botanist, why would he turn to superstition voodoo, in your opinion? Well
1: the mind has a way of rationalizing things, compartmentalizing things you know we have um and I can't recall the the guy's name, but he's a uh, he works on a genome project and he, yes. Well, I don't wanna I don't jump to them and say Francis Collins. But was he the guy he became Christian? You know, we saw the three uh, when he saw the river, the, the waterfall freeze and three
0: mm. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's okay. sounds Francis well, Collins. Yeah.
1: There you go, Francis Collins. Um and I know in my life I've i rationalized things, knowing that they they were in opposition to to. My religious belief, and I found a way to rationalize it and and this was an internal struggle that I knew so this guy I, um that you mentioned I heard his name a few times uh, max beauvoir I, I i know that he he did something in um at Cornell Medical Center like something like extraordinary um, and i I'm, I'm one of those people who's not really good with quotes but definitely i'm I'm not wrong about this he was at um he was at Cornell Medical Center and he did something that was extraordinary i've heard his name and um Regarding voodoo and and, and chemistry, um, I think I heard his name and serpent in the rainbow or something like that. But other than that, I don't know much about him. But I can see how you know somebody who has the knowledge, um, if he is, or if he was surrounded by people who had superstitious beliefs, and he also was uh, raised, in, and I guess in that in that world, he could find a way to blend his. Believed his medical training or his scientific training, and I I, I can't say I mean I, I can't say why he did what he did, but could it have been for you know financial gain? Because there's a lot of people who we know do not believe, but they're out there as living as believers just for the payday, you know?
0: Right, right, and, and um,
1: being as if, at that position, in the position that he would have been in, he would have been powerful, right? So he would have had power. Um, he would have uh, people would have feared him and loved him. I mean, wow, Why not? And get paid. Uh, I
0: think, I think, I think those are great points. I didn't think about it. I just, I guess, you know, I find myself projecting a, a lot in a way that is unconscious. You know, so I I tend to see people who I assume are somewhat educated, especially in the, the sciences, to be logical, to be knowledgeable more than the average person, and they tend to be more liberal, if not, you know, secular. Um, but he he went he went the opposite route, um, and so you know he passed away, so now we can't talk to him, yada 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 But then I I thought about it, like. Just as soon as I text you, I said, you know what? Like, it's not a package deal that a person is an atheist and they're knowledgeable or smart because, you know, we're humans. That's, you know, we compartmentalize, like you said. But that's true. And
1: I'm sorry, but
0: what? Most most secular people, most atheists tend to be knowledgeable. We read and we're more, would it be, I don't want to say smart. It sounds like I stuck up, but we're more well rounded we're more exposed than the average believer. Would that be fair to say? It would, but
1: I would, in a way, I want to give them some credit too because there are some extremely smart um, believers. So to say that, you know, believers are not necessarily smart would be uh, the same, you know, causing uh, the rest of the believers a disservice because while I I consider myself to be an educated and smart person, I was once in their camp. So I I would like to know that, I, I would like to believe that they can all should technically be saved
0: <laughs>
1: they could be saved you know, and become atheists um, but it, it just, it, it, it's just it's difficult and you know we just have to be able to have conversations with them but yeah they're smart too
0: yes yes actually I be, uh, somebody friended me on Facebook recently because I guess they saw my uh, picture or video uh, for Atheist Day and um, when I looked into his profile, he said that uh, he, wanted, he wanted me to go through to defend my, my views, um, and he's a Christian. He was sending me about a bunch of uh, links and talking about the second law of thermodynamics, and it was a lot of information at once. And um, he sounds reasonable. I didn't go deep with him. But, yeah, it is possible for you to be smart and be religious at the same time, definitely. Um, But, however, uh, if you're a Christian and you believe that a virgin gave birth to a boy, I don't know how you could do that. I think for you to accept things that are known to be untrue, I think what happens is that you have to believe that there's a God that has... Power. A lot of times we hear that God is omnipotent, but you know, logically speaking, uh, we know that that you know has its limits, uh, if you know what I mean. So, um, yeah, after, go ahead.
1: In the world of logic, right? Logic is always suspended in order to progress or continue religious, uh, in order to allow relig- religious belief to foster. You have to suspend logic. Knowing what I know, um, I always think about the times when I was a believer, you know certain like how could i how could I believe that a virgin gave birth, knowing the process of life like right, like how life comes to be and you know, like how how could you without thinking that magic is possible, and in order to think magic is possible, you also have to think about um like you know, evil and devil and all those crazy things. Like, the moment you accept the premise that magic is real, you start opening up your mind to all kinds of other nonsense. It's only in the world of magic that you can say, you can find um, problems with somebody not believing in God. Because a lot of believers, the moment they find that you are atheist, you don't believe in their God or any other God, that's the first thing they say. Oh, you must worship Satan. state. Oh, you... You, you don't believe in God. You believe in the devil. You worship the devil because to them, it's either A or B. There's there's no in between. You either, you're on one side or you're on the other. And anybody who does not believe in a, in a God just den- is, is only denying their God and has switched sides because in their world, magic is real. Magic exists. I remember when I was a believer, I could not stand in a room unless there was some kind of light shining through. Like, I was afraid of the dark. I would always think that, you know, there was something you know, looking at me. There's, I believe in spirits. And, I, I, you know, growing up in a Haitian household, they would tell you things, especially when you're young, to scare you and to make you go to sleep. When they wanted to get rid of you, they'd tell you something scary. And, you know, you hear those things all the time. You start believing them and you start forming or creating some little monsters of your own. So, right. as an adult, I was afraid of the dark, and it was until I like shed all those beliefs that I started like you know having a good night's sleep without actually waking up to night terrors like when you wake up and you feel as like if there's somebody in the room or there's something that's pushing you down, you can't scream, but you're a- alert right right and that does that doesn't happen to me anymore it, it's per- it's sleep paralysis it's some form of sleep paralysis but right. i never i stopped experiencing that. The moment I stop believing in God's nonsense and all that you know demons, so it's yeah it's, it's it's possible that you can be highly educated and still believe your mind will find a way. in fact, if you've read beyond the, um, the God delusion right by Richard Dawkins, the God delusion explains uh, I'm sorry is it the God delusion yeah, the God delusion. It explains how. Um, I think I may be getting my books mixed up because I read he yeah, has another book. Uh, anyways, one of the books that it, it explains how um, religion pretty much it's like a virus. You know, it 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 manipulates your mind and it manipulates your thoughts in a way to get you to to hold on to it. You know, if you start thinking of things that will um, steer you away they'll find a way to bring you back.
0: I think that's a great analogy, but um, I think it's pertinent and, 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 and somewhat unfortunate that we have to kind of explain what a virus is to some people in high words. I mean, I remember, based on my education in, in high school, and, and I say this with all due respect to everybody who's listening in the future, is because what I've learned is that I don't take, I don't take it for granted what people know anymore. So when you say that, religion is like a virus, I feel like I understand what you're saying because I know how a virus works more or less. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. But
0: you'd be surprised like if you ask Joe Average, how does, how does the, the virus work, you know? And I think yeah. vi- the, the term virus came to, up, up, to our portion of our understanding because of HIV, because it's like yeah. the most this virus, but a, a mind virus. Is a potent thing if you can grasp grasp your mind around it. And of course, the person who might be infected might be like, "No, that could never be me," because X, Y, and Z. But if you know how a virus works, it's, it's possible. And and we're kind of like telling them that we were once infected by, for lack of a better term, by it. So that's a great analogy.
1: But I would say one one step further because you know a virus, you know, it infects you and then it, it replicates, you. but. I would say religion is more like, um, more like a parasite. Right. So a parasite would infect the host, and its sole, um, its sole purpose is to pretty much live off of that host. Like, it does not want to kill you. It's gonna, it's gonna hurt you, but it's gonna hurt you to the point where it's not gonna try and kill you because it needs you to survive. But it doesn't want you to to leave or find out that it's even there you know it just it just wants to pretty much rule your life and have you bring it you know bring it as nutrients or whatever it needs to survive so religion is more like parasite, but it's one of those parasites that um it's hard to get rid of because people will um people will get that parasite or that parasite will enter them through, through through different ways you know some of them Become religious because you know because they were raised in a religious household. Some of them became religious just for bad reasons. Some of them became religious because you know they never they never learn how to um, distinguish reality from from what they see on TV and when I have you know fantastic fantastic beliefs. Okay. So it's
0: well, same. unfortunately, we're we're running up against time here, so um, I Where think that I know because it's it's yeah. a fascinating topic, and and I want to focus more on the Haitian side of thing. I wanna I want fill that void. Um, so when when I when we spoke about coming on the show, we talked about speaking Creole because I still believe that you know that's missing. Um, I'm hoping to eventually end up in somebody's church. If you're listening out there. And, um, it, it, you know, I, I thought that was a wild, wild uh, fantasy. Uh, but I've seen uh, other atheist English Americans be invited in church. And It wasn't contentious. It was kind of like, a, let's get to know why you are the way you are type of thing. So it does a, uh, a very chill group, you know, hopefully I get a chance to speak to everybody. But um, um I guess my last thing that I'd like to hear from you is how, what, How can Haitians or Haiti benefit from being more secular? Not necessarily atheists, I guess more. If we thought more skeptically, what kind of benefits do you think that would be visible and tangible that we would see?
1: When you start thinking more skeptically, you you enhance your life. You enhance your livelihood. Because what happens is you're no longer susceptible to buying... um, Products that, that no longer serve, that products that don't serve you, you know, pro- like homeopathy. That's a big thing in Haiti. Um, you know, is if it? somebody is sick, Homeopathy? Yeah. Yes. Yes. You have homeopathy. Okay. There's this thing that I always think about, right? And I don't know why this name always uh, or this, this product always sticks to me. You ever heard of Savon Lota? No. Okay. I think I heard it in uh, Lupon Savon Lota. That's a soap right it's a soap the 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 the, uh, the ingredients of the soap aren't the best thing for your skin and right now I don't even know what lota is but I remember the commercials for Lota. and it's the soap that's supposed to clear your probably like acne cleansing stuff but when you become logical when you start thinking more more uh skeptically you realize that when a product makes a claim and the claim is to cure more than you know, five or sixteen. You got have, have, have to start asking some questions. that will make your skin smooth. It will get rid of uh, black, what is a black blackhead. Um, it will give you clear skin if you if you need it. Um, like there's there's a there's a whole bunch of other things that it does. But Haiti have these. There's a market in Haiti where people are buying these energy drinks that are supposed to cure all these other things. Like it's just like,
0: and and and
1: it's right with those homeopathy. When you get sick, you you know you take this, and and that comes from the point where we used to get sick, or you get a cough or cold, and somebody they know the herb that you know would help you or alleviate the cough. It's not they're necessarily going to get rid of of the cold or the flu, but they'll make you better. They'll soothe some of your symptoms, but because we already believe in those things. And we know that, you know, certain things work. If a person comes from the U.S. and they bring you a specific product and they say, this is going to cure all your problems. All you got to do is drink this, pay this. We separate ourselves from our money. And we already know that, you know, as, as Haitians, we are hardworking people. We're poor. We're humble. And if you're if somebody takes advantage of you, you're not going to tell somebody else. You know, you want to keep it. you're going to keep it to yourself because you're prideful and, and it it sucks admitting that you were you were wrong. Right. And if you start thinking logically, you, you're able to evaluate things that are within the realms of possibility. You start evaluating what is real and what is not. And so I think, I think it would, it would benefit us all. Now that's not to say that if you are an atheist in Haiti, you know, you need to be active in the Haitian community, um, or oh, not necessarily Haitian community. It's that's not to say that you need to be active, actively. Um, I guess speaking, speaking out against religion. The first thing that you need to do is to be safe. You know, because I, I think there are a lot of places where if if, if you're going out, um, living the way that you want to, or living the way that you are, is dangerous. But I think. If you can actually reach out to others and you can find some people and you get a safe space and you talk about uh, what you believe, you talk about exchanging ideas that will um, better your life, help you make better decisions, especially when it comes – and my concern is, as far as thinking logically, is is get away from the pseudoscience. You know, there are certain things out there, they have ingredients that will hurt you, but, again, they make those claims. And – they're in not just the Haitian community they're they're out in just third world countries so you know, mainly they're, they're, some of those things are in countries countries like Nigeria places that are highly religious if you find mm-hmm. I don't I I'm not going to say that the the homeopathic um I'm going to say homeopathic industry I'm not going to say it correlates to religious belief but they are in the places where people believe in nonsense.
0: Okay. Well unfortunately we're um we're up on time. Uh on that note, remind me to tell you about my noni Jew story. Noni jew was a youth that was um purchased from when I was visiting um this Episcopalian church uh in uh, Miami in the hood if you guys know Miami um I forgot the name of the church But anyway, so our time is coming to an end The time went by fast uh, Sherman, of course, we have to continue Whenever you have the time, just let me know We'll, we'll do oh, yeah. a, a part 2 Um we'll we'll
1: definitely us. be on I'll be on the next show if you have me uh, We'll, you know, the next show after that We'll talk in Creole and y'all and get the information out So yeah, definitely uh, it, was, it was a pleasure being here
0: Yeah, definitely And um, if you want to uh, Speak about something Specific W grid, but like I said, if we can get more career content out there, there's a there's a big need for it. But guys, this has been the Haitian Free Thinkers Radio Show. You're listening to Shelman. My name is